What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Clee Talk, presented by FenleyRoadSports.com. I'm your host, Bob. I'm hanging out and talking my favorite hometown, Cleveland sports, with my older brother, Chris. Chris, what's up, man? Not much, man. I am ecstatic, A, because I got to see you and our sister Mel over the weekend. That was a lot of fun uh, to hang out with you guys, making the trip up to Northeast Ohio and uh, seeing everyone. And B, uh, the, the Cleveland Indians got a hand uh, to help them win their uh, World Series championship. See what I did there, Bob? See what I did? I think everyone's made that, that pun by now, but I couldn't resist. Yeah, and the obligatory eye roll to accompany it. Um, yeah, it was definitely nice seeing you and the family celebrating Dad's birthday. Um, and yeah, great news uh, before the weekend uh, coming in that the Indians made a trade to acquire... Uh, all-star reliever Brad Hand from the Padres, also getting Adam, Adam Seimer uh, in, in the deal as well, in exchange for just one prospect, but the p- prospect, uh, at least in the Indians' farm system, Francisco Mejia, the catcher, um, being moved in the deal. So kind of interesting, you know, we saw the Manny Machado trade, which resulted in five prospects being shipped out for him, but the Indians actually get two players back just for one prospect um, in Magia, Chris, um, what, what, what is your overall reaction of that trade? My reaction to the deal is simple. This was an, a fantastic deal for the Cleveland Indians. They acquired the best reliever on the market. I think most people would agree that Brand ha- Brad Hand was the prized reliever up for grabs here. And he's not a rental. I mean, the Indians have him for at least two, and if they want a third-year option, and, and then they also get a rookie in and Adam Simmer who is under team control for the next five years at least so to give up one prospect even though Francisco Magia, by all accounts throughout baseball is regarded as one of the best prospects in all of the uh, uh, the minor leagues they, they put this in perspective Bob they gave up four prospects including two kind of top tier prospects two years ago to acquire Andrew Miller from the Yankees, and Andrew Miller was under only under contract for two and a half years. They're getting Brad Hand for three and a half years, who has Andrew Miller-like stuff, and another reliever in Simber, who is, is shown great promise as a rookie and is under team control for the foreseeable future. Bob, I think that no matter how good Francisco Magia turns out, I, I I think the Indians got amazing value for him and have uh, significantly improved the bullpen that is ranked 29th in the majors in ERA. So certainly some elite help right now. And, and quite frankly, this was just a great value trade to get two relievers with so much control and so much talent for one top shelf prospect. That is pretty darn good. Yeah, I mean, uh, we talked about who we wanted the Indians to go after at the trade deadline, and obviously this deal came a little bit before that. Um, and we both agreed bullpen help was the top priority, and my number one guy was Brad Hand. And so I'm, I'm very ecstatic that they went out and not only got him, but they got um, another contributor uh, that can contribute right now in Adam Simmer. And like you said, both of them can be on and contributing for this team for at least the next three years and simmer for the next five years as a 27 year old rookie. 
Um, and with that submarine right-handed delivery, that's a very useful option to have as a right-handed specialist. So um, I, I, I love the trade. I, I think it was totally worth it. Um, I think the price is definitely worth it. You know, um, talking about just overall need, like of the the bullpen to me, and and the Indians, you know, two years ago kind of revolutionized this this thought with the way they use Andrew Miller and their and their entire bullpen in, in the postseason. But for me, it's kind of like the kicking game in the NFL. Like you you don't really want to. The only reason you're going to notice it is when like they're missing kicks and, and blowing games, and, and you don't want the bullpen to be the reason why you're not a World Series contender. And, and if you look at the All Stars that the Indians had, six they had six All Stars, four position players and two pitchers. Um, they have a two-time Cy Young winner, uh, Trevor Bauer, who's probably going to finish in the top five in Cy Young voting, and, and just a, a, an envious starting rotation um, and, and All Star position players. You don't want your bullpen to be the reason why this team can't go far. And so this move absolutely addresses that. It gets an all-star closer that um, is versatile. He's left-handed. He, he fills that Andrew Miller void that we felt the entire season. Thankfully, he is, is rehabbing. So I, I think it's, it's a great move, and it addresses the, the, most, uh, the, the, the biggest area of concern for the Indians and the, the, sole, the sole facet of the game that would be the reason for the Indians not advancing far in the postseason. So, so I love it. Um, Chris, Fr- Francisco Magia, though, number one rated Indians prospect uh, in, in the farm system, and you know, it, it, depending on what what list you're looking at, either a top twenty MLB prospect or a top fifty MLB prospect, it, it, is that a worthy price tag for for an All Star reliever and, and another um, decent relief relief pitcher? Well, you got to go back to the Andrew Miller trade because this is the best comp we have for someone like Brad Hand who. Again, it's not just about the talent, it's about the control. And they have Brad Hand for at least two and a half, maybe even three and a half years. You got Andrew Miller for two and a half years, you had to give up Clint Frazier and three other prospects. One of them, Justice Sheffield, who by all accounts is looking like he is going to be a, a, some sort of middle ro- rotation pitcher or maybe even a firearm out of the bullpen. So the Indians had to give up two really good prospects for total for two and a half years of control of Andrew Miller. Uh, yeah, Francisco Mejia, by all accounts, is one of the top prospects in baseball. And, and to be fair to him, the Indians have not given him a good look in the major league level just yet. He's had a very, very limited time in the majors. So we don't know what he's going to do just yet. But, uh, you know, right now, man, you look at 2016, Andrew Miller was the MVP of the ALCS. Clint Frazier has not gotten it together just yet. Now, again, it's too early to write him off yet. He's had some concussion issues. And maybe somebody else in that deal will pop and the Yankees will end up salvaging it. But... Obviously, that's a deal you make a hundred times over knowing the result. We don't know the result of Brad Hand and Adam uh, Simber just yet. What we do know is that the Indians have a good three years to contend for a world championship. The Central Division is going to be down, and the Cleveland Indians, these guys aren't going anywhere anytime soon. All their core guys are locked up for the next three years or so, with a couple of exceptions, notably Carrasco and Brantley. 
Uh, the, the, the fact of the matter is, when you're the Cleveland Indians, you have to make this move. I don't care how good Francisco Mejia gets, and, and maybe he turns into to an all-star catcher. That's fine. But right now, the Indians have a legitimate shot at winning the World Series. I'm not saying it's going to be easy because th- th- there are a lot of monsters in the American League that they got to get through. But but when you have a shot to win the World Series, you can't wait and see if Francisco Mejia is going to be uh, your next Jose Ramirez or your next Matt Laporta. I I, I you know I, I don't know which one he's going to turn into with San Diego. I wish no ill will on him, but the fact of the matter is, he's not going to help your team for at least a year or two. Right now, you're trying to win a World Series. And in three or four years, regardless of whether or not Machia is on this team, the Indians are going to have to retool at some point. Now is not that time. Had they been in rebuilding mode, obviously you keep your prospects. But, but when you're trying to win a world championship and these opportunities are so rare for a market like Cleveland... You've got to do everything you can to do it. So so I think this was an excellent trade. Basing it off what was paid to acquire Andrew Miller, who had less control, uh, this was a slam dunk. One top-shelf prospect for two relievers of this caliber with this much control, I, I think the Indians won in a landslide. Yeah, I, I agree um, with just about everything you're saying. I mean, one, it's a rarity to see a single prospect trigger the return of two MLB contributors, one of them an all-star. Um, and and I, that's something that I really like about that because you mentioned Matt Laporta when, when we trade Sabathia. That was, he was the prize. But who ended up being the best part of that deal, the player to be named later, that turned out to be Michael Brantley. So, you know, the, the, the more prospects, the more names you add to it, even if they're not the top shelf prospects, I mean, I, I think that increases the likelihood that one of those guys returns value on the deal for, 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 for that side. So, it, you know, for the Padres, it's all about Francisco Mejia making it or not. It's not about one of five prospects, you know, in, in the Manny Machado deal, making it to the big leagues and justifying pulling that trigger. Um, so, yeah, I, I really like that the deal in that sense. Then also, I'm not, you know, I understand the bat with Francisco Mejia. You know, he had that hitting streak a a couple years ago in the minor leagues and and by all accounts the bat is ready for the big leagues um but as a catcher i'm just i'm the 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 values capped there and and with young gomes signed for um at at least another season and and making the all-star team you know being a a contributor both offensively and defensively with um roberto perez being under contract for a number of years um you know, and his bat is definitely wanting. I mean, there's a logjam at, at catcher, and, and by all accounts, the Indians were trying to move Magia to to the outfield because that is definitely a position of need. Probably something that we're going to talk about uh, a little bit more in a second. Um, and, and there's rumblings that there was reluctance there, and, and that that doesn't seem to fit right with me. That doesn't seem to f- to gel with like a a superstar type construct uh, in Magia. And then just, you know, being a catcher is is the most demanding position and, you know, the likelihood that he plays a, a, a long career, um, I, I think it, it is lower than, than if he were an outfielder or an infielder. So I think that they capitalized mightily on having their top prospect be a catcher and getting a return that, like you said, can contribute for this Indians team now that is in the middle of you know, chasing a third straight American League Central title and chasing a return to 
the World Series, which would be their second in three years. And, and looking to the future, the next two years, you know, they have a legitimate shot to to win the AL Central for you know at, at least five years in a row. So I, I think this is a, a, a great move, um, one that really mitigates the risk when, when, when you trade prospects because they're only giving up one and one that me personally, I, I just wasn't sold high on. Yeah, I, I, honestly, I, I just hadn't seen enough of him as a defensive catcher in the majors to, to make that determination. Uh, obviously, catcher is a position that takes a while to play, not from more of a technical standpoint, but more of just getting to know the staff. I mean, you, you're asking a rookie catcher to come in here and catch guys like Trevor Bauer, Carlos Carrasco, Corey Kluber, who by all accounts are, are you know, fine teammates. But at the same time, I mean, there's a lot of pressure catching those guys in this kind of situation. That is not the best situation to put a rookie in. You need guys like Jan Gomes, who is arguably the best defensive catcher in the majors right now, um, at least in the American League, uh, catching these guys. And, and, and Roberto Perez, yes, his bat is, is to be desired, but he and Trevor Bauer have a, a, a nice rapport and the and the pitching staff loves working with Roberto Perez so you, you can't undermine that value I'd like to see a little more than a 150 average out of Roberto Perez uh, but you know you got to take what you can get uh, especially when he brings such a presence defensively so so that would have been a lot to ask Francisco Magia to develop as a catcher on a team with such an experienced roster of starters um I, I, I think they did the best they could. I, I think they just got the value for him, easily maximized the value for him. Um, but, but I think you're right, Bob. That logjam at catcher, and more importantly, just having seasoned catchers on a world champion, on a team contending for a world championship, is so important. Yeah, definitely. And last thing um, about Magia, for me at least, uh, is that you know, he's 35 pounds lighter than Jan Gomes, and that. Yeah, at 180 pounds, I would imagine that's one of the smaller catchers in the big leagues. Um, I, I wonder if frame is also a concern. So I, I think it was a good move, you know, capitalizing on um, the high stock that, that Magia currently has. Yeah, and just look at the last prized catching prospect the Indians had, Carlos Santana. He didn't last long at catcher. You know, he was banged up a couple times. They said, no, your bat's too important. We got to make you a first baseman DH. So, so yeah, if your bat's really good most of the time, teams like to move you away from catcher to preserve your career. So so I, I do think if Magia's bat is this good, at some point he is going to have to learn how to play at least first base. Yeah, for sure. Well, Chris, do you think the Indians are done making moves or is there – uh, another move you have your eyes on what what would you like the indians to do uh, with the trade deadline approach approaching and then the waiver deadline after that yeah i i don't think there's going to be another big move i think this was the big move i, I don't think the indians are going to deplete their farm system anymore because i don't think they need to uh, you know, all the other needs they have are needs that can be easily rectified let's just go over some names brandon geyer and Jay Bruce were both had for relatively cheap prices the last two years at the deadline. Outfield is probably the deepest position on the trade market. The Indians can sit back and wait to see if something materializes before or during the waiver deadline. So I don't think the Indians are going to make huge headlines with, with any sort of big moves. I do think they're going to add at least one other bat. 
probably an outfielder, but they could add a third baseman and move Ramirez to second. Though, keep in mind, Jason Kipnis is hitting over 300 in his last 30 games. So, Kipnis is starting to turn things on a little bit at second base, which is a good sign. I believe six home runs during that span as well. Maybe they they don't get that third baseman and and stick with more of a right-handed outfield bat. Um, You know, I I know a guy like Adam Jones has been thrown around. Another guy who's a possibility, Scooter Jeanette, from the Reds, but but all in the counts is Cincinnati is kind of uh, likes him and, and sees him as a part of a long-term future. Potentially Shinshu Chu from the Rangers, uh, though I don't know how. I don't know what the desire is for Texas to trade him. His his is a name that hasn't been brought up a ton. I do think they will add another bat, probably in the outfield. Adam Jones, to me, would be an ideal fit because he plays center field. That would that would be that would fill a need defensively because they don't have a really true center fielder on this team. And with Adam Jones's defensive presence, his bat is not a liability traditionally. Though this year he's kind of having an off year, and that would slide some of these guys into right field and, and make that right field platoon a little stronger. So so I do think that that's the play they're going to make is for an outfield bat to just bolster up their depth a little bit, but I don't think it's going to be a big headlining move. Yeah, I don't, I don't think so either, but I do think they need uh, to, to make a move. And maybe that move was made when they called up Melky Cabrera and Yandy Diaz, and one of those guys inserts themselves, either Yandy into third base, sliding Jose to second base, and then I guess Kipnis into the outfield with his bat uh, alive, or Melky Cabrera taking over right field. Um, but th- th- there is a need... Uh, I, I think the outfield is the glaring need right now. Um, they, they need to solidify center field and right field. Hopefully Tyler Naquin is here to stay now um, and um, can can solidify one of those spots with Lonnie Chisenhall out for about two months. You know, he, he won't come back till September. I'm not sure what you're going to get out of him in the postseason now. And the reports of Bradley Zimmer and the shoulder surgery out for almost a year so uh, outfield is definitely the position of need for me. Um, I like the Adam Jones move more so for his bat than his defense. By all accounts, um, he has been uh, his defense has regressed uh, over the past couple of years. But um, the, the bat is definitely still there. He would be a rental. He, he's a free agent in 2018. Um, I, I like the majority of the names that you you mentioned. Um, you know, Sinshu Chu at this point in his career, uh, half of his starts have been at designated hitter so i'm not sure how valuable he would be playing uh the corner outfield um so so that would be something that to, to keep an eye on uh, a name that hasn't really come up um but one that i think would be really intriguing is uh andrew mccutcheon in the san francisco giants he's going to be a free agent in the off season um that the giants are sitting at fourth uh in the nl west um they, they are 51 and 50 think they have to make a decision whether they're buyers or sellers um at, at this trade deadline and that would be a, a move that you know if you told me adam jones and andrew mccutcheon could could just peripherally potentially be indians uh three years ago i would have like laughed in your face but you know that's just ha- what happens when you turn 30 
in most major sports. So um, those are guys that I like. I also like the idea of Astrubal Cabrera coming back. Um, his name has been floated around, and he could you know slot in directly into second base so you don't disrupt Jose Ramirez. Um, but if they do acquire an infielder, I do think it's likely that you know Kipnis with his bat coming around in the second half, they, they would move him to the outfield. Yeah, and Kipnis in the playoffs was not a liability in center field. I mean, at least it didn't seem like he was. He seemed to hold his own there. Um, I, I don't know if he'd play center or right, but yeah, the the point is the big move, the big need has been addressed. The Indians got their guys. The bullpen, I feel a lot more confident about. Anything else is kind of icing on the cake because Bob, while I do think they need one more bat for depth, I don't think that it's a nece- necessarily. Hold on, let me, let me say that again. While I think they'd like to add one more bat for depth, I don't think it's a glaring need. I don't think they need to do that. I, I think they can win with this offense, with this defense, and, and with this overall pitching staff. I do think the plan's going to be give Yandy Diaz and Melky Cabrera a shot to win the job, see if one of them sticks, and then go into the waiver period and, and make a move if that doesn't happen. Yandy Diaz is playing like he wants to be here, Bob. That Texas series, he's hitting over 500. So he's he knows that this is an opportunity for him, and he's he's certainly trying to make the most of it in the early goings. Yeah, for sure. I, I think that's the guy that, that, that makes the most sense. You know, by all accounts, he, he's he's got the swing. Uh, he's playing at a position of need. Um, that that would be the, the move or the the result that I would most want is that Yandy Diaz, you know, becomes a starting uh, player uh, in in the second half and, and solidifies uh, the lineup for the Indians. And I also think the other guy we've talked about him a couple of times, but if Jason Kipnis's bat stays this hot, it stays this way for the rest of the year. I think that that further mitigates the need to make another move, and I think that they'll they'll be fine. I mean, just think about that, Bob. If Kipnis is back and Yandy or Melky, one of them kind of helps the depth then they definitely don't need to make a move yeah um i i agree i mean i, I think that's best case scenario Mo- most likely is one of those two is going to stick so i would really like and i do think they are going to add some kind of veteran bat um, that becomes available but it's just really hard right now to to identify one that that absolutely makes sense but again, they're not. I don't think they're going to have to pay too much because they gave up peanuts for Geyer and peanuts for Jay Bruce. And Jay Bruce was a huge move last year. He he really helped put this team over the edge. Uh, unfortunately, it uh, didn't lead to a, a playoff series win, but uh, he definitely injected a lot of life into the lineup. Yeah, for sure. And good news is, you know, waivers uh, extend the trade deadline, and with the Indians. In the poor AL Central and at the top of the division, they will have uh, first dibs, uh, at least among most contending teams in the American League, uh, with with their record um, considerably lower than than the other teams. And that begs the question, you know, w- with Brad Hand uh, on the roster, Adam Simber on the roster, um, you know, the Indians are 16 games behind the Red Sox in, in total wins, um, uh, uh, nine games behind the Yankees. Uh, 12 games behind the Astros. I mean, do, does this move put them in the, the same the same level of contention as those three teams, or, or do you still think that you know, with their record being so, so much lower than than those teams, that they are uh, in, in the second tier? Uh, they are absolutely on the same tier as those teams, and 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 I know 
that those numbers are gaudy, but but hear me out. The only big weakness the Indians had was the bullpen. And and their bats got off to a dreadful start in April. Even their studs weren't hitting for average. They were hitting home runs, but they weren't hitting for average. You take that dreadful start away, and they're right on par with these other teams, Bob. I I, I just look the the Indians record is respectable. If they were in the National League, they'd be like one game out of first place right now. I mean, you know, the, these other three teams are just having monster years, and they are monster teams, Bob. I'm not saying that the Indians are definitely win. But they're right up there. It's a big four in the American League. I'm sick and tired of hearing about how much better the Yankees, Red Sox, and Astros are than the Indians. Because, yes, if you look at the record, that's true. But if you actually look at the makeup of the team, where are the Indians truly weak? Their starting rotation is just as good as Houston's. Their offense, statistically, is better than New York's big guns. Now, I think overall New York maybe hits a few more home runs. But their offense is right up there with New York's. And their bullpen is now reinforced. And if Andrew Miller comes back, it already had some hammers. They're right. They're, 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 they are just as complete as any of these teams. And I think that it's just going to come down to a couple plays here, a couple plays there in the postseason that separates a first-round exit from a World Series trip for all four of these teams. It is going to be a slugfest in the American League. And we haven't even talked about Seattle, who, by the way, could still win the AL West. And if that happened, Houston, Boston, and New York all in the same half of the bracket. That would be insane. So, yes, the Indians are absolutely on par with those teams. The AL is going to be a very fun postseason, Bob. It's going to be nerve-wracking for us in Cleveland and all those other markets we mentioned. But I I think that the Indians definitely can hang with these teams. I think they can hang. Um, I, I want them to show me that, though. Um, this team is, I mean, through two-thirds of the se- uh, season, you know, th- this team has underperformed. And, and I know they, they have unquestionably gotten better and solidified that, that the position of need, but um, they, they need to show me that. Um, and uh, say what you want, but that first game, Brad Hand gives up a home run. So still to be determined um cody allen have some questions about him um can he return to the all-star closer that we've seen in years past um and and i think andrew miller also is a big question mark so yes they they i think the move for brad hand turned the bullpen from league worst or second to to last liability to um just mediocre at at this point if allen and miller can, can regain some form then yes, I think they're they're round. They'll be rounding into shape, um, but I, I do have to give credit where credits due. Boston has had a, a phenomenal season, as have the Yankees and the Astros. I do think the Indians are squarely uh, for the fourth best team uh, at, at this point of the season. Yeah, I mean, and the records say that. But one thing I'm getting sick of is people talking about the Cubs and how they're so great. Bob, the Indians are only four games behind the Cubs. I, I look, I, I get it. Yes, I'm not taking credit away from the Yankees, Red Sox, and Astros. Their win totals are eye-popping, and those teams are monsters. I'm not saying they're going to beat them, but I'm just saying that 54 wins at the All-Star break is not bad. And and I think to, to, to brand that underachieving, and I agree with you, it is underachieving for this team. But let's also keep it in perspective that it's still a really good 
two-thirds of the season. And if they were in the National League, they would be in the conversation for best team in the league. That That's all I'm saying is that I think it's more about the Red Sox, Yankees, and Astros being having fantastic starts than it is about the Indians underachieving. I think it just looks really bad because it's being compared to something that's really great. But the Indians are right there with them team-wise because in the playoffs, your record does not matter. Home field does not matter. One proof? 22 straight wins, hadn't lost three straight in 18 months. They go up 2-0 against the Yankees and lose three straight. Bottom line, the Indians were the best team in baseball last year, and they lost three straight for the first time in 18 months to the New York Yankees. Anything can happen in the baseball postseason, and the Indians are good enough to make it come true. Yeah, they're they're certainly good enough, but, um, you know, the, the, the record that's a large enough sample size to to tell me that they they are not having that they, they are they're better teams in, in the American League right now and hopefully this this deal and the playoff push will change my mind but uh, as of right now um, I, I I don't I don't think so a lot can happen between now and October again I, I I'm not making any predictions in July I'm sorry I can't it is impossible to pick it's hard enough to pick the baseball postseason as it is. It's extremely hard to pick it uh, two and a half months in advance. There's a lot to happen between now and then, both fortunately and unfortunately. Uh, who knows what these teams are going to look like come October? Yeah, very true. Uh, and, and there are a lot of deals to be made, so we will um, see what's happening with that. Um but Chris, let's turn now to uh, some Cleveland Browns news uh, and the, the the annual report, I guess, that uh, Josh Gordon will, will not be with the Browns at the start of training camp due to uh, health issues and, and, and citing a treatment plan. Um, he's going to step away from the team. Um, Chris, wh- what are you making of this news? Do you think we'll see... Um, Josh Gordon uh, at the start of the season or at any point during the season yeah well first off when I saw Josh Gordon trending on Twitter Twitter today my heart stopped (laughs) that's usually not a good thing Um, but fortunately um, one thing that that the, the big thing for me is the league confirmed that he had not had a setback and that reputable beat reporters reported that this is a proactive step and that he's just trying to get ahead of any potential issues. Uh, and, and if that's the case, good for him. Uh, you know, Obviously, he needs to make sure that everything is okay and that he is in the best position to succeed. I do think we will see him on the field for the preseason, Bob. I, I think he will play in, it, in, in multiple preseason games and be ready for the regular season. This... Initially, it's like a knee-jerk, oh my gosh, what did he do? But when you read a little closer, it it looks like it's just a precautionary thing. It's something that he just needs to do to get straight and make sure that he's prepared to succeed. This is a big year for him uh, because he might finally get to free agency if he gets through this season. Uh, So so he has a lot on the line, and and I think that the pressure of that, obviously going with his previous issues, uh, is probably not a good combination. I think that that's – I'm just speculating, but – it's probably one of the reasons why he just needs to kind of take this deep breath and make sure everything is okay. Um, but obviously, we hope that Josh Gordon is fine. 
We hope that he, you know, gets everything straightened out because the Cleveland Browns sorely need his presence on the football field. When he is engaged, he's one of the best receivers in the league, and the Browns could sorely use his skills given the fact that they've only won one game in the last two seasons. Yeah, I mean, I, I want him to get right um, and, and get healthy, and thankfully this is the decision that he made and isn't a, a ruling by the NFL pushing him away from, from the game. Um, yeah, that that was always that's always a concern with Josh Gordon is, is the reliability piece. Um, I, I do think we'll see him play some games, um, and I, I hope you're right with, with with the preseason prediction. Um, and this is probably you know if if he is having those concerns, this is the time to uh, get his mental state right before the season begins if he wants to you know finally play. Uh, a full NFL season in his career. You know, he only played five games last year. Um, has only played ten games since 2014. Um, with him on the field, the, the the Browns have a legitimate offensive arsenal. I mean, he's he's the number one deep threat, and that allows Landry to to be that slot option that um, has he's been so successful in. Um, without him, you know, the, the pressure goes on Corey Coleman, and um, as as unreliable Gordon has been to be on the field due to non-football reasons Corey Coleman has just been unreliable on the field um, with his hands and and with injury um, that that really puts him into to a a much more high pressure situation so it it remains to be seen what what the result of that would be Um, and and there's also you know Chris I mean it's the Browns like what are the expectations of the season Um, Josh Gordon, I, I hope he gets healthy and, and, and gets in the right mental state so that he can contribute this this season. But um, if he's not right, you know, the, I don't have high expectations for this Browns team. Um, I, I think it's better that he takes care of himself rather trying to uh, deal with both the pressures of football and, and, and the mental or whatever issues he's going with um, on a team that, um, at least in my early outlook, uh, has a very uh, very low prospects this season. Yeah, well, I mean, we can talk about the Browns' prospects. I, I don't think it's very good. I, I, I think I think the most important thing for Josh Gordon is, is as I said before, he there there's a lot on the line for him this season. He can he could potentially get to free agency and get that payday, uh, finally get paid according to his talent if he steps on the field and shows that he can be. Bob, can you believe this? 2013 Josh Gordon it has been that long since since he's he's been that impact player I mean that's it it seems like an eternity ago um he 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 is you know five years ago looked like he was uh on on the fast track to the top of the wide receiver list and and now you you just don't know what you're going to get from him so he absolutely needs to make sure everything's okay. And that's why I think he will be back for the preseason because he needs to be in football form because he uh, – this is, this is his put-up year, man. He needs to show that he can be there for his NFL team for a full season and produce for a full season. Yeah, I, I think that is the, the, the biggest question for sure. So. All righty. Well, we had a lot. I mean, this this was more of a quality over quantity podcast, guys, because we had some big time news with the Cleveland Indians and obviously a big name in Josh Gordon. Uh, but that is all we have on this episode of Clee Talk presented by FenleyRoadSports.com. 
Please come back this and every week for more Cleveland sports talk here on Clee Talk. To find our podcast, you can search Fenley Road Sports on iTunes. Click Clee Talk and subscribe. It's just that simple. You can also go to FenleyRoadSports.com, hit any of the icons in the upper right-hand corner. Uh, the iTunes one will take you to the subscribe spot, and our social media icons will take you to Twitter and, and Instagram. You can uh, search for those by searching Fenley Road Sports as well. Thank you for listening. Come back next week with more Cleveland Sports Talk. But until then, go Tribe. Keep winning and show people that you're right there with those big boys. All right, I'll see you, Chris. Take it easy, Bob.